Welcome to Bash University Live. Uh, that was an awkward countdown, Riz. Was it? Extended. <laughs> what was awkward about it? I mean, it was five, four, three, two, one, and one lasted forever. Well, yeah, I need got to keep you on your toes, Pete. <laughs> you can't can't I make see. it too easy on is you. That, is that what's going on? He's, yeah. He's, you're aware that I'm not going to be ready? So. We got to keep it organic. Yeah. You know, We want it to be fun. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. It's Tuesday at Bash University. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, brought to you by Tackle Direct here at Tackle Direct Studios. A uh, lot, there's just a lot going on uh, in fishing this time of year. Really love it. Of course, the elites are on a break, so we got GDP in the house. How are you? Good. I finally got some sleep recently. Uh, is that right? Yes, sir. With Theo? Yes, he's sleeping all night. We're doing good. Wow. Yep. What What'd you do? Like uh, cold medicine, or what's the trick? Nah, just uh, <laughs> tell him to go sleeping. He's just getting it now. Yeah, he's good. Eight thirty, nine o'clock. He gets real tired, and he, we got to like maybe six, seven o'clock. Ah, uh, miss those days of sleepless nights. Yeah. I gotta say happy birthday to mom. She's probably watching. Happy birthday, Kelly. Seventy today. This is my mom. Oh, your mom? Yeah, Bonnie. Wow, Miss, miss Oh Montana, Cantoni, whatever. What's her birthday? Now. Her today. She's probably seventy. I think she is seventy. Yeah, wow, she's, she's getting up there. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I think it's either it's either sixty nine or seventy one or seventy. It's one of the three. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to mom. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, mom. Uh, I spent uh it's great Father's Day. I hope you guys had a great Father's Day. Uh, I really did. I got to see my dad, who is 85 years old. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we uh That's good. We 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 dined on uh ribs and uh, snow crab legs. Mm, nice for Father's Day. Yeah, That's pretty good. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, mom. Mom put that all together. All right, mom. Uh for us and uh yeah, that was a great time. My my uh, and I sent an image, uh, Justin. I need you to get that up on social because I want to see what everybody else got. But uh, Jake uh, Jake always shops for me at Dick Sporting Goods, and he goes in there and he raids the uh, lure aisles. Nice, you know. So I, I got a really wacky looking uh, a buzz bait whopper plopper looking concoction. Hmm. That's really cool. It's it's a it's a mini whopper plopper with a buzz bait and a clacker on it. It's really cool. He loved that. Got myself a little uh, frog, a little junior size frog, and and another crankbait. So uh, thanks, Jake, for that awesome Father's cool. Day gift. What was your best Father's Day gift? Put it in the IMs and on social. If you're watching on social, um, guys, like and share the feed. We got a great Waterwood crankbait prize for you, and we also have a trivia prize. What's our prize today for our? It's not a trivia. I'm going to stop saying trivia question. We have a question that we're going to be asking you at the end based on what we talked about actually and, it's uh, called the dan allen prize the dan allen <laughs> <laughs> memorial prize um we have rapala dt 16s with some Cortland line and some hooks awesome mm -hmm. shout out to Cortland line i got some great uh shots from uh the eco bass angler and mrs eco bass angler who were smallmouth fishing in maine uh, rocking some Cortland line, picking off some giant smallmouth nice. uh, up there at their their cabin up in Maine. So uh, you got to try Cortland line, guys, especially if you're a subscriber. Go check it out. Give it a go. You're going to think it's the best braided line out there because it is, especially because it's the frog days of summer at the Bash University, and it's the best frog line on the planet. That's Cortland Master Braid. You want to check it out. This was your first Father's Day. It was. It was, well, how was absolutely, that? absolutely awesome. My What I wanted for Father's Day was me and my buddy Mike Sims every year fish the uh, association event on Union Lake, which is on Father's Day every year. Um, and what I wanted was Kelly to bring Theo out to the weigh-in so he can experience his first weigh-in, and he yeah. was there, and it was cool. That's cool, man. Yeah, and it was awesome. Did you uh, did you weigh him in? I should have. I would have <laughs> done better. We, we, got, we ended up in third place, but. Oh, Definitely awesome. could have used a kicker, that's for sure. Yeah, that yeah. that's really cool. Well, yeah. what a great Father's Day. It was, what won that tournament? Uh, 10 pounds. We had okay. eight and a half. Okay. What did you guys have? Eight and a half. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, Jake is uh, considering uh, uh, re-entering the uh, Union Lake uh, Ike tournament. The, this weekend? The, the youth, is it this weekend? It's 24th, Saturday. yeah. Oh my gosh, that snuck up on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm. Uh, his buddy is mm -hmm. keeps pushing him because he wants to go. Kid that he fished with last year. So. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, Are you I, we're gonna, we're gonna try to jump back in there. Yeah, Vegas took put the beat down on everybody, mm -hmm. uh, courtesy of GDP with some 
top secret waypoint. <laughs> it's it's he's fishing in there today. He's downstairs getting his tackle ready for this weekend. It's uh, fishing. Tackle it's fishing different. The water's low. It's about yeah. eight nine inches low in the lake, which affects wow. that lake a lot. Actually, yeah. it, it really makes the fish different on that. Right. Lake. That's a that's a big difference water wise on that lake. Yeah. Sure. It stops the flow on mm. the lake. You know, that's a big thing. But they're still they're really spread out. We were just talking about a lot of the fish are still like transitioning. You know what I mean? A lot of fish are shallow still. Uh, that's that would be good for the tournament. Exactly for the kids. Yeah, it'll be really good for the kids because uh, uh, Jake had caught a short fish uh, and he's still mad at me for not letting him weigh it in. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, sorry, Jake. Yep, yeah, sorry, buddy. I, I'm gonna let you this. Day. We didn't realize, you know, how tough it was gonna be. But um, and his buddy uh, had had a legit like three pounder or I better which is huge in this little lake mm -hmm. and uh and he had him jumped halfway back to the boat still talking about it him and his dad come over they still talk about uh -huh. losing that fish you know it, was, uh -huh. it would have given him second place in the tournament well yep. what's really year. awesome is we introduced now we have a miscellaneous prize so yeah. keep oh, all the fish much, though, and it, it and yeah, that's good for there that's fun cool yeah that's super fun so if you have if you have kids with this this goes on here in new jersey uh, if you want to come and participate, how do they sign up? Go to the ikefoundation.org and it, it's right there, right in the front and center for you to sign up. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great event. It was a lot of fun last year. Yep. yep. Well, I guess uh, it looks like I'll be going this year. I didn't realize it was this weekend. That happened quick. <laughs> it did. That happened quick on me. Um, guys, uh, we have a really uh, a couple of great guests that are going to be on the show today. John Garrett, who's leading the EQ points. I mean, this uh, he has been perfect honestly just yeah. in his uh in the first five events of nine five out of nine he's he's firmly in the lead with just an amazing year can't wait to talk to him about it uh he's going to be on the show with us as well as keith cowan's going to be on the winner of the ike foundation derby on the chesapeake recently winner of the bass cat boat a uh, friend of the show, been on with us a few times and a good friend of ours look forward to talk it was awesome that him and his brother won and um you know, just really, really cool. Love that guy and uh, glad to have him on again. Glad that they won the tournament. Um, only would have been better if me and Jake would have, but uh, it was a great win. It was. Going to have him on. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. I want to give a couple shout outs too to some, some notables. Uh, Matt Henry continues yes. to be perfect in the check line on the opens as well. Uh, we had him on, uh, you know, talking about his success on the Opens, friend of the show, of course, and uh, he's doing really well in in the top ten. Or I think he's in fourth or fifth right now, maybe sixth. Um, and uh, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. And who else is in? The, well, we're going to go down the top ten. We'll talk about all that and the guys that um, have a chance. Yeah. Like, let's look into that and see who we think may might still have a chance to to get it done. And a, and a big shout out to Ben Milliken. Yeah. Uh, too. So pretty impressive. Just be, being impressive, getting another check, being steady uh, after winning this year, and um, you know another friend of the show. So we're gonna be talking with John Garrett, guys. We're gonna you know like and share the feed over on social. If you haven't signed up, do that now. Uh, we have the Frog Days of Summer going on at Bass University. And it's going to be going on for a little while. It's a great time. It's frog season right now, just about yes, wherever, wherever you are. Certainly up at the upper Mississippi, I imagine the, I the frogs probably would say so. might play uh, in the elite and the kayak events that you guys got going on. Yep. Uh, so get yourself signed up. I am, you know, chime in. You guys have any questions for, uh, for John or Keith or any of us? Just uh, uh, chime in there. We'll use your question on the air. We love that and appreciate you guys being with us. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with the points leader in the EQs right after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University. And I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the South Rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense. It's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. 
It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel, providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for, catch more fish, have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Bash You Live. You're just joining us. We've got John Garrett coming on, the EQ points leader at the Bass Opens, uh, coming dangerously close to qualifying for the elites this year. Look, he's in really fantastic shape, as well as Keith Cowan, winner of the Ike Foundation Derby, friend of ours and the show. Glad to have him back on again. So we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about a, a, a lot of a, a lot of fishing qualification. We have a I, I'm we're gonna be talking to GDP. Too. I want to talk to him about his EQ qualification. When that? When did you qualify? Uh, in eighteen. Eighteen and nineteen. Eighteen and nineteen. Yep. Um, well, you only you did it in three tournaments, which I wish they would bring that back. But yep. uh, but anyway, we're gonna have John on. So uh, you guys that are uh, you know, following that or trying to qualify or uh, you know, aspiring to be pro, I'm I'm anxious to talk to him about his ordeal and and how he got to where he's at right now i want to give a shout out to epoch batteries lithium batteries they're amazing batteries i'm i'm running them in the bash university rig and gdp this yep. this applies to you okay when you were teaching us down at the bash university outdoor studios you showed me a feature on the ultrex i didn't know about okay like i always need that north button on uh, your foot pedal heading center yep the heading I, I always I kind of hit it with my toe and I'm like, well, I I just made the mistake of never figuring out what that button mm -hmm. did other than, OK, it 
why would I want to go north? You know, yep. that's that's always confused me. Yep. But you showed me how you point that north, and or and, but it's not north. You You're point heading. it. You point it whatever heading you want. Mm -hmm. You point it at a tree, uh, down the bay, a point, and then you put constant on. Yep. And you can go about the business of retying, and and it will take your boat right to exactly where you pointed it. It's a, it's an that. awesome feature. It's an awesome feature that I didn't start using until you taught me it. Mm -hmm. And it's over on Bash University. You guys got to go check it out. All the tips and tricks. A lot of great ones that you have that I didn't know about. Um, but at the at the Oak Foundation tournament, uh, my partner, um, you know, was catching up on his sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we, uh, so as Jake was snooze, I had to cover water. I wanted to let him sleep. You know, he's, he's 13 and we got up early and uh, – and I wanted to get a long distance. Normally, I would just idle it. And I just put my trolling motor on high. And I'm frog fishing in the heavy grass. Min coat is ripping through that grass. And I motor's on 10 for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And uh, and got to where I was going. But the, the, it's just amazing. With that kind of battery power in the boat, uh, it's just you can just go and go and go. And you never yep. – I could have never done that yep. with my lead acid batteries. There's no way I would have had to have idled. I'm with you. And but but epochs are amazing batteries. We have 10% off all epoch batteries. If you're a subscriber to Bass University, uh, you, you got to get with this technology. It was amazing. Um, yeah. So we we covered water like you can't believe, and uh, and just never ever. As a matter of fact, this was the most amazing part. I go to charge them up, and my app tells me I have 65% power left after all that. Mm, you know, crazy. I mean, running for 30 minutes, just wide open. Mm -hmm. uh, crazy, crazy stuff. But check them out. Uh, love to use those batteries. I think you'll love them, too. Guys, we are going to talk about a guy that's just killing it right now, leading the points uh, in a very, very difficult tournament trail. Um and just just amazing to watch. Uh, every time I see the standings, I'm like, there he is again. There he is again. John Garrett's with us, man. Congratulations on uh, on your success so far this year. Man, I, I appreciate it, Pete, Greg. Uh, nice to be on the show with you. But man, yeah, it's been a, a blessed season so far. Man, it's it, it, it everything's rolling your way, but I, I know it's it's not that easy, you know. I mean, there's there's so much that has to happen, right? Uh, so much that you have to know. You fish so many different types of water, uh, and and to be leading the points in this field of an incredibly tough, tough field, I'm I'm really impressed, John. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm I'm kind of impressed with myself as well. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm usually the guy the past few years that's just on the outside looking like, man, let me make that um, leap in the next tournament. So. Um, kind of hard to believe myself that I'm actually leading um, for the schedule we have and the amount of good anglers on, on our, you know, EQ roster this year. Um, very satisfied with the year so far, for sure. Yeah, it, it's been awesome to watch. And uh, and this just didn't happen. A lot of you guys are probably, you know, seeing John for the first time maybe or hearing hearing his name. But you, uh, you started out in the college ranks. We were talking about it before we got on the air. You're one of those Bethel – uh, university kids uh, that, that just keeps pumping out champions. Yeah, um, we had, a, I guess, from my time span at Bethel, man, we had a kind of a, a stacked team. I'm kind of one of the last ones that haven't made that step into professional fishing. I'm just kind of left behind by my friends right now. But, man, we had a, a pretty good team and, uh, you know, for sure learned a whole lot when I was in college, no doubt. All right, what's the secret? What what what's in the water down at Bethel that uh, that put out all you champions? Uh, you know, honestly, kind of weird to say it was just teamwork. We had guys from the Ohio River, we had guys from the Ozarks, um, guys come in from Florida, a few of us local Tennessee River guys. We became just really tight knit, good friends, and we learned so much from each other. You know, we we're we we're all pretty good anglers from our regions. And getting to spend a lot of time in the boat together, very little time in class and studying, but a lot of time on the water. Uh, we learned a whole lot from each other for sure, <laughs> no doubt. And That's, no, go ahead. I, well, I, I was going to say, I mean, I'm impressed. The I know, 
I know some college teams now, and I'm I'm curious as to how they're teaching kids and running the programs. And um, I mean, some of the colleges don't teamwork; like they don't work as a team. It's individual; like they're all they're all competing against each other, keeping secrets, um, you know, so that they maybe they can qualify for the next thing or whatever it may be. But you, it sounds to me like at Bethel, you you guys didn't work that way. No, we didn't. And honestly, you know, looking back on it, it may have hurt one of our teams individually getting a win. Um, but we would kind of go down, at, you know, each term as a pack together. We have four or five really good teams. And, man, we could break down a body of water just instantly. You know, having, you know, four teams have eight people on the water, we could break a lake down very quick. And, you know, it may have hurt the top end result. Like one of us may be sharing water with each other may hurt for a win, but there was a lot of times where all four or five of us were in the top 10 of the tournament. It takes a lot of selflessness to do it that way. Uh, Cause there's a lot of pressure, you Especially know what I mean? Especially at that age. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough, man. That, you know, the way I seen it and the way we all seen it was we're all going to need help at some point through the year. So maybe this tournament, I'm scratching your back, but three tournaments down the road, you know, you may have to scratch mine. Like, hey, look, I'm struggling. I'm not figuring this thing out. What What are you doing right? What am I doing wrong? And, you know, through the four or five years, there was countless times where someone pulled me, you know, from struggling in practice to help me doing good, and I would do the same for them. Yeah. See, are, are you paying attention to this, Riz? Because Riz doesn't give us any details about what's going on. <laughs> On Come chest on. Beat. <laughs> he just asked questions. <laughs> Standard issue. No problem. <laughs> no doubt. Well, let, let, let's go through that. Um, like, did you guys, like, leading up to a tournament at the, uh, you know, when you were working together, uh -huh. did you guys, like, have meetings? Uh, did you go over maps? Or, or what was the pre-tournament preparation? Uh, well, I mean, we all – you know, the, the guys that were tight together, we'd always go and rent an Airbnb, share a house together. And kind of the first first approach to the deal was everybody go out and do what they're good at. You know, go out and do your strengths. I love that. And, you know, if we – the first day of practice, is something clicked for somebody, we'd be like, all right, well, that's working for John or that's working for Cody or Cole or whatever. Um, let's keep that underneath their hat we would keep doing what we're good at for, you know, maybe the next day of practice just didn't work. Then we would jump into what's working for them. And, you know, most of the time one of us would hit the nail on the head the first day or two of practice. And, and you'd share that information and, uh, and would you, would you strategize like, all right, you know, you guys, uh, you guys practice this section of the lake or, you know, even on tournament day, did you do stuff like that? Not really. Sometimes it came down to um, by the end of practice, if one of us did have absolutely nothing going on, we'll be like, look, hey, we tried this in this area and it worked. I'm not going to be there tomorrow. You might want to try that. But it wouldn't really be breaking down like, hey, you know, we're doing this in different areas of the lake. It was just kind of we're doing our own thing. And if we call some fish on – secondary points on like a jerk bait or something we would elaborate with our friends you know how deep what kind of points they look like not try specifically specifically give up the exact location of the lake we're in um but even though sometimes it would lead that person there um but that, that's how it usually worked that's that man you could see how information sharing like that can make this process efficient because it's it's takes a long time to gather that kind of information, but eight, eight guys are more yeah, doing a, it. That's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely helps. So, so John, you know, fast forward a little bit here. How, how, how do you take all that and apply it to what you're doing today? Cause obviously what you're doing is making a big difference. I mean, you know, this year is a great year so far, but dude, looking mm -hmm. back, you've had some really good events leading up to this year. So, you know, me, when I practice, dude, like he kind of said, I, I can't lock myself to an area ever. I just can't do it. Like if I got a thought and it's 20 miles away, guess what? We're running. So like, how do you apply yourself now, John? You're one person versus eight. You know, what are you doing different or what are you doing to keep it rolling? You know, I, fortunately the schedule's kind of lined up with me well this year. 
Um, I'm just a really good, well, I hate to say that, but I prefer to be fishing off the bank. I prefer to be fishing offshore. So this year versus the other years, I've been, you know, with my past years, I've been really looking hard for right off the bat a place to win, you know, whether it's a sneaky spot or doing something different. This year I've been kind of doing my research, launching my boat into a, you know, maybe a well-known area or a lake of the area that seems to produce and fishing the way that I like to fish. And if it's working, I stick to that area. Really been trying to break areas down good this year versus kind of like what I said earlier, running around and fishing where fish maybe typically don't live or looking at real sneaky stuff. I've just been trying to get in a good area, figuring out how to get bites the way I like to fish. Are are you working with anybody? Have you taken that team concept to the opens? Yeah, we have a, a little, we have a pact of people, uh, Josh Bragg, Logan Parks, and Jake Maddox. We've all been rooming together. And, you know, we may not be sharing to the length of extent that I did in college, but we're all trying to help each other out for sure, you know, um, like not getting area specific or anything, but, you know, we've all been sharing how our practice day has gone. You know, usually we ring each other halfway through the day, like, hey, any luck? I've been sucking. Have you been doing kind of deal? But, yeah, we've been helping each other out for sure. Yeah, that's – well, it's it's great to have people that you can trust to kick that information around, that, you know. That's, that's super helpful. That's the biggest thing is, you know, at the beginning of the season – you know, we're all buddies. We were kind of like, look, we're good with rooming with each other, but we have to be 100% honest with each other if we're going to communicate at all. Because, you know, we're all like, look, we're fine with not communicating if someone's not willing to do that. Um, but, yeah, we kind of made a agreement right off the bat that we're going to be 100% honest because you hear one thing that is not true and you spend 30 minutes or an hour chasing that in practice, you know, it can – that's 30 minutes or an hour. You could have figured out something on your own for sure. So that, that is it. And that, that disinformation, yeah. uh, man, it's, a, it, it absolutely, it destroys an entire practice day sometimes. Yeah. That's, you know, for me, it's, it's hard to listen to anybody because mm -hmm. I've been down that road where I've gotten false information mm -hmm. and it just completely screws one whole day up. It seems like, yeah, you know, so yeah, it's, it's good. You got a group you can trust. How do you feel about the five days of practice they give you guys? Are you all for that? Did you have more before that? Yeah, we could, or you won't last? You know, when I heard that the change was going to be made from the no information, the practice lengths, um, I was pretty happy about it. The five days, I'm not complaining at all. It's, it is a lot. It, it takes a toll on the lake we're on by the time our tournament reaches there. Um, it gives so much time for people to – you know, fish five different parts of the lake, really bunker down in an area, learn it, and just, man, the, the amount of stuff that everybody finds in a five-day time span, it's it's unbelievable. You know, 225 guys, it is truly hard to find anything to fish where at some point in the day you're like, I'm going to go run and hit that rock pile, or I'm going to run and hit that brush pile, and you go there and there's not a boat there. Yeah, but it, You know, the, the five days – it's a lot for sure. And it takes a toll on, you know, everybody finding everything and it takes a toll on the lake on the amount of fish that gets stuck and caught during practice. Yeah, it's, it, it certainly does. And you, we've got 225. Well, boats, we, we, we have been having that. Yeah. I guess we're starting to, this tournament. You just fished in Oklahoma for the first time. I saw a drop off. Uh, I think there was like 190 or boats in, in that tournament. Um, but you, to your point, a lot of boats really, I, I guess it, it's gotta be your offshore, um, prowess that is helping you survive because, uh, it's like you, I, I, in just fishing this tournament that I fished at, at Kerr Reservoir, that was my first open this year. Oh my gosh. You got to run past five of the areas that you wanted to to explore because there's boats on every single thing that's got to be I, I i'm thinking to myself man that offshore strategy that you like so much that's got to really help you with all these boats you know it, it does and kind of like what you're talking about not even during the tournament 
it's during practice. You know, you expect just to roll into an area and be able to fish it thoroughly and practice and figure it out. Like you said, Pete, a lot of times you don't even get a practice where you want to fish because there's so many boats on the lake. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, this year I've been kind of, you know, looking for uh, pretty much all year is looking for more so in small individual targets that I can get bit on. You know, most of the time I was looking for a big school of fish or a big juicy rock pile or brush pile. And these guys have been finding literally every single brush pile or rock pile in the lake. And I've been more so leaning towards finding a stump or a stick up or an old brush pile or a broken down piece of timber, something very small that I may or may not get a bite on and running a lot of those through the tournament. Not necessarily fishing the highest percentage stuff or the best stuff, but fishing the stuff that's not so good, but just running a whole lot of it. That way I'm not necessarily getting virgin water, but I'm getting less used, less pressure water to maybe get a bite. Wow, it's all—it's interesting that you say it. it's all—it's almost like with those big giant fields with that intense pressure, it's almost like the primary patterns are not going to win the tournament. They're not going to help you be successful because they're going to get abused. You got to look for those secondary and third and backups to get to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I'm, you know the the thing that I've been really struggling with in the past is like I said, was initially going to a tournament looking for a way to win. But now I'm going to a tournament and saying, how can I for sure get five bites come Thursday? And, you know, these tournaments are so tough is that when you go out and you do happen to catch five, you're not going to be sitting terrible in the, you know, in the leaderboard, especially do that two days in a row. And all except one day this year, that kind of, fishing small oscillated patterns has, or small oscillated cover has got me a limit um, every day except one this year. So, you know, I know that that can't go through the whole season. I know it's more of a spawn, post-spawn deal. Um, but so far, that's kind of the train I've been riding. Yeah, well, you know, we got a lot. Uh, we have good tournaments coming up. And then, of course, we've yep. got Watts Bar where nobody's going to catch any fish at all. Uh, <laughs> apparently you know so there's some tricky tournaments coming your way yeah well i can tell you john too you know hopefully this year for you just keeps on going the way it's going but if you qualify for elite series you know you guys got five days 200 boats in the water the difference with the elite series is within one or two days the whole field figures everything out but our guys don't stick fish the way the open skies stick fish that's that was always a problem for me you find a good pattern, you find a good bank loaded with fish. These guys just come along in the opens yep. and they just stick them all. Where the Elite Series guys, most of them shake them off. So if you find something, it's usually there. But like I said, you're not the only one that finds it. So that's the only glory yeah. I can tell you about the Elite Series that's going to help you out here. Yeah. Well, hopefully I get to figure that out. I hope um, you do. <laughs> you will. I've, uh, you know, I've been kind of, this is my third straight year fishing the opens. And, you know, that transition from, you know, this is kind of the longest I've practiced for each tournament is these, you know, five, four and a half, five days. But that transition from basically five full days to y'all get two and a half, something like that, right? Three now, yeah. Yeah, three days. You know, I'm kind of, you know, not really worried, but more so how to manage my time on the water because with five days now, I have so much time to literally pick every nook and cranny of an area I want to fish apart. So, yeah, I, be sure. you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised at how well-rounded you're getting that, you know, a lot of us guys, like I said, within, within one day, you know, what's going on. Like, you know, all of our guys know what's going on in one day. And then from there, the next two days are putting together the pattern, you know, that's going to follow through what you found. And sometimes, like I said, it changes too. A lot of times on that mm -hmm. first day of the event, it's like brand new anyway, but the guys are so good. They can put it together. You're not far off of that. I'm sure you're, you're getting to that point where you show up and kind of like what you think should be happening a lot of times, honestly, is what unfolds. You know, you get to the point you just get so dialed in on the water. Well, that's what these nine tournaments are designed to do exactly. is to build guys that have the capabilities uh, to be able to adjust to all these conditions. Yep. Let me ask you this, John, you got, um, what's your, what's your smallmouth history? I know 
we've got uh, the Thousand Islands tournament coming up on the schedule. Have you uh, have you spent some time around Smallies? Yeah, we've had a college tournament at St. Lawrence and an open up there, and I fished a couple opens at Onada. Um, I've done really well at smallmouth tournaments, but I've fished. I've, you know, all those tournaments I've done really well fishing very shallow smallmouth. Um, not sure if that's going to, hopefully that's going to get a play there um, when I'm up there next week, but, or next month. But yeah, I've, I've done well in smallmouth tournaments, but I'm fishing where I can visually see them, you know, 99% of the time. What, what, what about the rest of the schedule? Uh, what looks good to you and uh, what are you most concerned about? Concerned about all of them. Honestly, <laughs> every one of them. So, you know, St. Lawrence and Harris Chain are going to be very heavyweight events. So, in my opinion, I can go out and have a, you know, fish a good day, never get any big bites. Next thing I know, I'm down on the list of the leaderboard for sure. And then you have tournaments like the Ozarks and, you know, Watts Bar where it's going to take a little weight to do well. So any of those tournaments can, you know, can go your way or not. Um, I think I'm more concerned on the heavyweight tournaments, you know, St. Lawrence and the Harris Chain, where you have to make those four and five pound bites happen. Yeah. They're... yeah. Well, I, I think the St. Lawrence, the best thing for you guys and for you is you're, you're locked to the river. So that's going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah. I guess taking that, you know, consideration of going to the lake and, you know, spending a couple of days of practice up there will, you know, hopefully be able to make a milk run, you know, start, start on something, hit it through the river, turn back around, hit some more. So I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. That, that, that body of water in particular is really, really big. I mean, yep. there's what 120 miles of river that's going to spread that field out. Yeah. Uh, sure. So we, you know, we may, we may be, uh, it may be able to disperse that fishing pressure a little bit. It will. So, uh, you know, the, I mean, have you started looking at the points? Are you, do you, do you do that? Are you a stat guy? Are you looking at what you need to catch or score in the next four events? Yeah. I, I mean, for sure. I, it's hard not to, I hear people say they don't pay attention to points and some people may not, but like after every tournament I get home, hit the AOI button and I see who's where and what needs to be done. And I kind of see, you know, do a little rough math of worst case scenario. What do I need to average to come in ninth, you know, in the points? Um, but, you know, the rest of the year for me is that I want to go out, you know, the first day or two, figure out how to get some bites to maybe not potentially get paid, but potentially not to bomb the tournament. I'm not saying I'm that point in the season, but if I can go out and just catch a decent limit from here on out, um, you know, that, that would be nice for sure. What what have you figured you have to finish uh, in order to make ninth? You know, coming into the season, you know, the few pages on Instagram, everybody were talking on a 50 or 55th place average to qualify. It's not shaping out that way. You know, if you had told me how to have a 15th place average going into the fifth term, and I was like, I would assume I'd have a 100-point lead, honestly. Um I'm thinking it's going to take somewhere between like a 35 and 40 average to make it this year. Wow. Um, I, I really do. Cause right now, uh, I mean, you have to check, but I think it's like a 35 average to sit, sit in the top 10 right now, which is unbelievable. Um, I think it's going to change because you're, you, it's going to change because you're, you're heading North a little bit. You're going to go to Watts bar. That's going to mess things up a lot for a lot of guys. And then down yeah. in Florida, Florida's just different. I think it's going to still average out, John. I mean, I think from here on out, if you get top 50s, dude, I think you're going to be good. That's just my guess. I'm telling you, I'm not telling you to get top 50. I'm just saying, you know, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top top 50 should put me in the top nine for sure. Um, like the last two tournaments, you know, I've had, I've had good, you know, all my tournaments have been decent this year. But especially this last one. I got home and I was looking at the leaderboard and looking at the points. I'm like, dang, dude, everybody in the top 10 come above me. Keep catching. They come above 30, and so they gain points on me. And I'm like, every turn I'll be like, yeah, it's about to change. It's about to change. It's going to change. And they just keep catching and catching and catching them. Yeah. It is amazing. You guys that are up there, are they keep catching them. 
it it really is. Uh, you know, I've been I've been watching this. Of course, we talked about Matt and Henry and Ben Milliken. They just, you know, it's like they just keep pulling rabbits out of their hat, even when it looks like, you know, oh man, this is going to be the one that hurts hurts them. You yourself, of course, included. You you have a seventy five point cushion, roughly seventy five points on uh, ninth place right now, and um, you, you certainly put yourself in a you know in in a great spot. Uh, you know, to do well, but like I said, you got, you got a couple tournaments coming your way that yeah. are, that are going to be a little yeah. bit tricky. Are you going to change your strategy at all? Or, I mean, you're just going to keep, uh, you can, I, I don't see why you would, right? No, I think I'm going to keep things the same. I'm going to, you know, besides the St. Lawrence, the whole, whole river can play. Um, but I'm going to keep putting my boat in high percentage areas and figuring out how to pick a few bites up. And that's going to be, just a huge key, especially when we go to Watts Bar and the Ozarks, is just to figure out how to make sure I get five in my box at the end of each day. I'm, I'm really disappointed in myself. I will say this, that day two at um, Lake Eufaula, I was sitting in second going into day two. It was the only tournament I've ever been in that I went into day two thinking I might win this tournament. And I was too hard-headed. I found a really good place in practice and I should not have stayed there as long as I did. And I only caught two fish dropped from second to 30th with just two fish. And looking back on the day, if I was like, well, if I would have went and ran some stuff that I may have could have picked some keepers on, that have been some big points towards the end of the year for sure. Yeah. That's a different mentality, you know, cause you, you fish to win, you know, and that's different from trying to qualify. Yep. Uh, that's a whole different strategy. I want to ask you the points because I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I understand. Or how are the points added for the EQs? Is are you just scoring points against the other EQs, or do the other participants in the in the tournament uh, affect the scoring? No, they do affect the scoring. So, like, if I come in, you know, if if Greg comes in first in a tournament, um, Pete, you come in second. I come in third. Pete, you're not an EQ angler there's that one point gap between me and Greg. So he gets 200 points and I get 198. Okay. You do take 199 points, but they really don't get added to anything. I, I got you. So yeah. they do, they, they will allow you to score more or then get, get, get ahead of the field or hurt you if you have yes. a, a crummy tournament. Correct. Yeah. That's uh now field starting to drop off. Right, we saw 190 boats in this last derby. Should get tighter. Right. So, it, how do you see that affecting the scoring? Is a uh, is it going to be? I think it should play into your favor, right? Because it'll be harder for guys to gain ground on you the smaller the field becomes. Yeah, for sure. I I have seen it the past three years um, where I am just on the outside looking in, and each of the you know, past three years, I've closed my season out really strong, but I'm unable to make up those points because of the field getting shorter. So our field, you know, the EQ field, kind of a few people dropping off at a time, you know, that allows from a bigger bomb to happen. And that also allows for more local anglers just to jump in the tournament and to make point separation between people. So mm-hmm. making up points should be a little harder going forward, I would say. Well, man, 15th place average. I don't think I've ever done that in a five-tournament trail. That's that's pretty spectacular. Uh, how's the rest of it going? Like, I got to ask you this. Let's. I, what do you do? Are you working uh, full time? Are you dedicated completely as a full time angler now? So I run a duck hunting guide service in the winter. So I work in December and January, and now you know I get a that allows me to be able to fish through the year. So. Wow, where 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 does that happen? Uh, that happens. I, I, so I live on a lake called Realfoot Lake. It's in Northwest Tennessee, right against the Mississippi River. So that's where I do that. At. Awesome. Hey, if people want to want to come shoot some ducks, how do how do they get in touch with? Yeah, you? so uh, John Garrett Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram. Just shoot me a message, or you know, go to my website, John Garrett Outdoors, and see what my calendar looks like on there. Man, awesome. man, that's that's pretty cool. awesome. How about sponsorship? Are you are you navigating that world yet? Has that been uh, good for you or t- 
tricky? So I'll be honest with you, Pete. It's I've had some really good sponsors from the day that I won the college classic bracket. I've been with some of the same sponsors for going on six, seven years, eight years now. Um, I have picked a few new ones up this year, but, you know, really, you know, I know the season's not over, but, you know, you would think kind of doing well in some open, some potential sponsors may reach out, but really no new sponsors that come about. I'm just kind of bringing a little more for my current sponsors, I would say. Have you uh, have you had the elite uh, conversation with with any of these companies? No, not yet. I I've thought about it, but in my head, I don't want to get a little too far ahead of myself for sure. I don't want to jinx anything at this point. I I, I get that. Yeah, we don't want you to jinx anything either. Yeah. We but we we uh, who was it? Who was it that was telling us this fuel bill, Riz? Oh, the last guy. Maddie Wong. Maddie Wong. $30,000 was his fuel bill uh, last year on the elites. Have you, have you put – what's your fuel bill looking like? It's got to be similar out there. It's got to be similar. I, you know, I haven't put – I haven't put it together. I don't, don't know if it's going to be 30000 or not, um, but it, it's substantial, I would say. Right, right now I'm looking at, you know, from what I can tell, I'm looking at spending not the entry fee – Around two thousand a tournament is what I'm getting from traveling somewhere, boat, gas, and a place to stay. That oh, it's two thousand in addition to the entry fee. Correct. What you're yes. spending a week uh, on average. Yes, I mean we are we are splitting up a house, you know, four or five ways, so that makes it a little cheaper on the accommodations. But the fuel bill, you know, between the fuel and the accommodations, I'm looking at roughly two thousand on each trip. God, yeah, that, that sounds about right. And it's it's not getting any cheaper. You better be cashing checks. It's yeah, it's, it's not getting cheaper, and our payouts are not going up. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. pack in a tent. A lot of people do. Yeah. 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 Pack a tent. Pack a tent, sleep in the back of your truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are doing that, like getting Airbnbs and, mm-hmm. and getting 10 people in a house. Yeah. You know, yeah. there, there's a lot of that going on. Well, let's just do the simple math. Like uh, you're spending two thousand bucks a week. It's an eighteen hundred dollar entry fee. That's thirty eight hundred bucks. What place do you have to finish in an open to get thirty eight hundred bucks? It's got to be like top fifteen or top ten, right? Yeah, top tw- at least top twenty, at least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so you you gotta you gotta finish in the top ten percent of the field to uh, to to get your money to to break even. To break even, mm-hmm. it's dedication, yeah. man. In the opens, it's it's not an easy road. No yeah. matter no matter if you're doing yeah. good or not, it's still not easy. Yeah, you know it's tough. It's shoot. I don't want to ever do that again. I you know, and I admire that you're able to do this and you figured out a way to do it, and all the guys that have. But man, I I don't like the nine tournament trail in 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 qualification. I I still am of the opinion, and we we discuss this so many times, but. Man, it, it it takes the 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 weekend angler, the family man. It takes a lot of the the non duck guiding people right out of <laughs> right out of the ability. I mean, to be able to come up with like fifty thousand dollars in disposable income uh, to be able to compete, you know, for nine tournaments. I'm not I'm not a fan of that. You've done it both ways. Now, of course, you're you're dominating. So I imagine maybe you're you're in favor of the the larger tournament circuit. But after doing both. What are your thoughts on that? Would you like to see it go back to three, or are you, are you happy right where it's at? I, you know, I could see both sides of the story. I could see where Bass stands on the story, and I could see where the working man stands on it. For me personally, you know, and I, I did a bunch of math, and it seemed like I had maybe more of a chance with the four opportunities, fishing all of them. I had a chance of the overall and the three divisions um, because, you know, if I were to drastically bomb one of these tournaments, you know, I still had two other divisions to mm-hmm. potentially make it, you know, and you look at guys that like Jay and he came in, fished the central divisions. He made it last year, you know, two years ago last year through the centrals and he's doing very well for himself. He didn't fish all nine of them for sure. So, 
I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but I could see both sides of the story on how it should be and how it's fickle for Bass to make that decision on whether to, you know, do the divisions and, you know, let the working class have a better chance at it or them make a, basically another tournament trail out of it and, you know, and what they were saying, get a better round, you know, well-rounded angler, which, you know, you make it through three, you've done a very good job. You make it through nine, you've done a very good job. Yeah, you I, make- I just I just personally felt like I had a better chance at the four opportunities it presented with the overall and the three divisions. Yeah, I, and and I lo- I like the three. I, I like it because I feel like it's a dream killer for for so many guys um, to have to have to compete in nine. It's just not it's not reasonable, feasible by by ninety percent of the population that might want to try something like this, you know, and have a dream of sitting in Greg's seat, you know. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan of the three. But what? Let's look at some of the names. Uh, man, we got. Um, the top 10 right now is you, of course, dominating tight because Trey McKinney, you guys are, oh, my gosh, like you're toe-to-toe every tournament. Yeah, Trey, Trey has been fishing on a different level, it seems like. He has been in three tournaments with literally a chance to win out of the five, and I, I can't say the same for myself on that. I know I'm barely ahead of the points, but he's had – an opportunity to win three tournaments this year. That that's incredible. And it seems like every time I talk to him, he's like, Yeah, yeah, I get a few bites. And in my head, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. I gotta catch him better than Trey does this week, you know. <laughs> yep, we, we know what that means. Kenta Kimura is have is hanging in third, just unbelievable. JT Tompkins, who who won the Chesapeake Open, mm-hmm. is is just killing it this year in fourth. Keith Tuma. Uh, Matt Henry, our guy is just unbelievable finding his way into the check line. Uh, we've talked to him, even when things go wrong, he finds a way. And uh, Robert Gee, Ben Milliken, who's won this year, sitting in eighth, and Joey Nania, Nania, uh, Nania, maybe it is Nania, I'm not he sure, just, but he, he just won, won the last one, yeah. I just won the last one, yep, that's right. Yep. Um, he's in ninth place, and then uh, we've got Kyle Patrick and cannon and parks uh we've got a lot of guys that are trying to get in uh casey scanlon a long time uh angler sitting in 20 20th place we've got bobby lane who we've had on the show talking about how he's going to try to make it he wants to win that classic he's sitting in 25th place do you think let me ask you do you think a guy in 25th place do you think he's still got a shot how far was the difference He's got 756 points, ninth place. He's 100 points out right now, roughly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible for sure. I mean, four tournaments left, 90 points. You're looking at making only a, only making 23 points a tournament up. You know, that, that's very doable for sure. And like Greg said, we got a couple wild card tournaments coming in. Bobby comes through and makes four top 25s. It'd be hard for him not to get in, I believe. I know, um, I know Bobby's working hard to do it, and he's got a lot of experience in a lot of these waters. Um, I know Ish is trying to get in there, and Justin Kimmel. Uh, I see a lot of names that uh, that I've seen around fishing for a lot of years. Destin Demarion trying to make his way back uh, to the elite. So, uh, but it's you know, I guess it can be. I'd like to look look at how far down the list you got to be. I guess if you top ten your way out, you still got plenty. You're still four tournaments. It's only a little over halfway yeah. through the season. Yeah, one of them in Uber. It's it's still a lot of guys' game, man. I still think so. Like you're in that top thirty, you're 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 scratching it still to me. Yeah, you really are. One of them guys could really pull through, get some top tens. Top tens go a long way. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Yep, in the two hundred man field, it is. Well, John, you get the invite. You you go into the elites. No holds barred, man. You're you're going no matter what. Yeah, I'm going. It's uh something that I've been wanting to do since. I was in college for sure. So, uh, might, you know, get thrown out of the wolves, might get my teeth kicked in, but I'm willing to go try for sure. It's something that I've always wanted to do. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, you've proven yourself. We've been looking at your stats a little bit. Your, your check percentage is 
is just very unusual and your your career earnings over at bass is extremely high for somebody that has fished for such a short period of time so uh but i just want to i want to congratulate you for holding the points lead right now uh man just great job it's exciting to watch and uh i'll be seeing you up at thousand islands and uh and then we'll both try to catch a fish down at watts bar i'll be joining in that party but uh but just thanks so much for coming on man and and just really want to wish you the best rest of the season. Yeah, Pete, Greg, Rich, I'm you know, thankful for being on. Big fan of the show. And uh, hopefully the rest of the season continues to do well. Hopefully we could do one of these after the season um, if I make top nine. So book it. We'll do it. Yeah, man. We're in. We're, we're all in, man. So thanks again and good luck at the next one. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep. Y'all take care. Appreciate y'all having me on. All right, thanks, John. John you. Garrett, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Um, man, what it would have, it's just such a, got so tough. I mean, you, if he's averaging 15th place and Trey is just a couple points behind him. Pretty amazing. And, and Kenta just a couple more. It's amazing. After five events, it's still packed so tight. Those guys are fishing out of their minds. Yep. It, you know, it's wild. Like if you're, if you're a true fan of bass fishing, like I, you know, I am, you watch the progression of these guys and it's like. You know, there's a handful of guys every single year. You can just watch them getting better and better. Yeah. And when it's their time, when they're ready, like you know, you're just yeah. they're up top every single event. Yep. It's just it's just wild how you can watch these guys grow. You know, and we're seeing it with him, and 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 he'll make it. I think he'll be successful in the elites. I think uh, to Bass's credit, they're going to get exactly what they want. Somebody that's that's capable and competitive yep. uh, right out of the gate. And you know, on the elites, and and that's certainly going to be him or any of those guys that are yep. that are going to make sure. it. You know, yep. out of this out of this tournament trail, guys. Thanks. It's been great having you. If you're watching us over on social, like and share the feed. We got a great uh, Waterwood prize for you guys, and I hope you paid attention because we got a great question that we're going to be asking you guys uh, when we're done, and we're going to be giving away. Uh, man, what are we giving away? Rapala, Cortland Line, and BMC. VMC hooks. Wow. Awesome, awesome stuff. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to be back with the winner of the Ike Foundation Derby. Winner of a basket, $30,000 boat. Uh, he's come close so many times in that tournament. He finally pulled it off with his brother. Uh, Keith Cowan's going to be on. We're going to be talking about fishing on the Chesapeake in the grass right after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood custom baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the South Rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait these things are handmade in the rainforest south of brazil and i mean as you can see right here it's a fish catching bait it's got the front hook that means they wanted it this baits uh it, it's running really true it throws really well guys check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. Bass boat 
www.aquaviewforsale.com. Check it out. Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hooks up. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.